Hello everyone, welcome to Exploring Middle Earth. My name is Jay. Um, I'm not the Tolkien expert on the podcast here, but I do know a good amount about Tolkien. Yeah. And I'd like to welcome you. Oh, and guess who you just heard? That was Grant. <laughs> that was Grant. <laughs> that was Grant. The, the Tolkien expert. The Tolkien expert, yeah. yes. A real live Tolkien expert. Yes. Um, as of recording. Uh, self-proclaimed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as of recording. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, this uh, this episode is our final episode on the Hobbit deep dive, mm-hmm. where we go through each of the chapters of the Hobbit, and explain a little bit of lore and just different details like that, and summary of the chapters. And so the final three chapters are chapters seventeen through nineteen, the clouds burst, the return journey, and the last stage. Yes. So Jay, take it away. Hello, I'm Jay. You just heard me, and I'm back again, and I'm gonna take it away. Okay. Um. Oh wait, let, I gotta open up my oh, notes yeah. while I do this but so i'm gonna give a summary of the clouds burst big big chapter oh yeah um yeah so let me just set the scene (laughs) um uh bard and um thranduil have the arkenstone and gandalf gandalf's there too and uh thorn doesn't know so so um that's like the that's a very simple explanation of what's happening is that the Arkenstone is not in Thorin's hands. Yeah. So Bard and Thranduin, Thranduil, not Thranduin, use the Arkenstone to try to negotiate with Thorin. Um, and Thorin is mad because he just found out that he doesn't have the Arkenstone. Mm-hmm. Well, he knew that he didn't have it. He did, he just found out that his so said enemies have it. Yeah. They're not really enemies. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, Thorin uh, reluctantly accepts the offer of uh, paying out for paying out the share of the men and the elves for to get the Arkenstone back. Um, and this is after Bilbo says it was me who did it. Uh, he tells Thorin and Thorin gets mad. So the deal is that he'll give or he'll set Bilbo free and give them the gold that or the treasure that they deserve their share of it in return for the Arkenstone. But he sets Bilbo free and uh, says he'll get the gold later. So they're yeah. like, we'll give you the Arkenstone later. And he's like, ah, oh, dang. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, <clears throat> yeah, so um, Bilbo is now gone from the, uh, he's down with the elves and men, yeah. so it's just the dwarves up there, um, but it's not just those dwarves, because Dane arrives, oh. um, the big bad dwarf, well, big good dwarf, he's a yeah, good dwarf. He's a good dwarf, he's a good guy. Dwarf from the east, mm-hmm. um, from the Iron Mountains, and he arrives with his army of dwarves, and they go up to, or he sends some dwarves up to the men. In elves and tells them pretty much tells them to get out of their way they're not supposed to be here um but the elves and men are like no we're not gonna do that and uh bard gets a little cocky and says oh they know how to fight underground but above ground they're not really they can't fight so everybody's set to fight each other or at least the men and the elves are set to fight dane and his army of dwarves yeah right now the the uh thorn and his thorn and company aren't in the battle yeah. or that's about to happen but then something happens mm. that's even bigger mm. some el or not elves elves are already there yeah, yeah yeah um some goblins and wolves come and uh if you didn't know goblins and wolves are enemies of everybody yeah pretty much except for them i mean they could be enemies of themselves yeah everybody's an enemy of themselves <laughs> okay if you think about it dude <laughs> sure um, yeah. so uh i'm gonna read a passage of when they come because gandalf is like gandalf's the one who tells them it's here yeah 
So it says, Halt, cried Gandalf, who appeared suddenly and stood alone, with arms uplifted between the advancing dwarves and the ranks awaiting them. Halt, he cried, in a voice like thunder, and his staff blazed forth with a flash like the lightning. Dread has come upon you all. Alas, it has come more swiftly than I have guessed. The goblins are upon you, and Balg of the North is coming. Balg is, uh, oh, what's his name? Azog. Azog's yeah. dad. So, so, Balg of the North is coming, O Dane, whose father you slew in Moria. Behold, the bats are above his army like the sea of locusts. They ride upon the wolves, and wargs are in their train. So, if you count that, you got men, which is one, then elves is two, dwarves is three, uh, wolves is four, and goblins is five. Yep. That makes the five armies, in the battle of the five armies. Big battle. Oh, yeah. Um, so, the battle of the five armies starts, and the men, elves, and dwarves band together to fight the... Uh, goblins and wolves oh and i want to i do want to say one thing too because like remember when we were talking about like the wargs and the goblins and how they're not it's not like the wargs or like the evil wolves are the goblins pets Mm -hmm. it's like they're separate and they would consider themselves probably equals because the evil wolves are more sentient than regular wolves yeah and they have like a language with one another so it's not like it's not like it's just goblins riding in on their like cavalry it's yeah. like actual like two different armies so that's yeah. why that confused me at first when i first read the book mm-hmm. um a while ago because i was like well what's like the fifth army because there's the goblins the elves the men and the dwarves and i'm like or like because they mentioned like there's like a, the, like a cloud of bats or something like that yeah and i was <laughs> like is that the fifth army but no it's because the orcs and, or goblins and the wolves are two different things so. the the bats are just there for ambiance to yeah make it more yeah. spooky i mean they <laughs> probably tried fighting but yeah. yeah yeah but um uh so the battle of the five armies starts and uh so the dwarves elves and men are teamed up and then thorin and company comes down and joins the battle so yeah. everybody's fighting the goblins and it's like goes back and forth like they're uh, they're winning and then the goblins start to or to overtake them, and it goes back and forth until um, when the goblins are about to. Or wait, let me before I say this. B- when the battle started, Bilbo put on his uh, ring yeah. and then disappeared, so he wasn't in any of this. And it's kind of just like a literary device to get Bilbo out of the way, so yeah. Tolkien doesn't have to deal with what Bilbo's doing. Yeah, because it'd be pretty uninteresting. Yeah, because he may be a burglar, but he's not a warrior. Yeah, so. yeah. So um, it looks like. Uh, the the battle's about to be lost by the dwarves, elves and men, elves and men. But then Bilbo sees some eagles coming, and he's is like, "Hey, there's eagles!" Um, and everybody somehow everybody hears him, and yeah. or like word spreads around. Not everybody yeah. hears him at once, but people start hearing him, and then uh, word spreads around that the eagles are coming. And then Radez is about to get crazy. Uh, Bilbo's knocked out, Dang. and it says the eagles cried Bilbo once more. But at that moment, a stone hurling from above. Above smote heavily on his helm, and he fell with a crash and knew no more. Dang. So, it's about to get crazy, and then Bilbo gets knocked out. Yeah. And that's summary of the clouds burst. All right. I'm gonna pass it off to Grant. Yeah. So I'm gonna do the last two chapters since they're shorter and not much goes on, yeah. or at least it's not as interesting as the Battle of the Five Armies, which yeah. is a pretty big. I'm gonna move my microphone a little bit here. Okay, do that. Which is a pretty big plot point. Um, so yeah, this it's is the a, it's a name of one of the movies. Yeah, so big the third movie. Third movie. Um, so this is the return journey, eighteenth chapter. Um, okay, so uh, as we know, Bilbo was just knocked out, and he had the ring on, so he was invisible when he was knocked out. So nobody really knew. I mean, someone might have heard him like cry out when he got hit, 
mm-hmm. but um he was invisible so no one really knew where he was um but he he woke up and he was uh he was still lying down on the battlefield with a really bad headache and he was on the side of Ravenhill that's the spot where he was mm-hmm. um but he was otherwise unscathed like nothing really no injuries or anything other than a, a bonked head <laughs> he got yeah. bonked in the head he got boinked um got dwarfed yeah <laughs> he got, got dwarfed, dwarfed. Um, from the camps below, though, he, like all the uh, tents and stuff that he saw on the battlefield below Ravenhill, he saw that the elves, men, and dwarves had won the battle against the goblins and the wards because they were the only ones around. Um, so that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so someone starts uh, searching for Bilbo and they're calling out his name, um, but they couldn't find him until the the little guy, little little Bilbo, remembered. Oh yeah, I'm wearing my magic invisible got ring. my ring on yeah so he, he quick takes it off and then um the guy uh the guy finds him because bill was also like shouting like here i am yeah that sort of thing <laughs> so the guy finds him and carries him back um to the camp near dale where gandalf waits for him and uh gandalf is very happy to see the hobbits alive mm-hmm. uh who wouldn't be lovable hobbit you know yeah um but gandalf uh had to lead uh, Bilbo to a tent where Thorin was dying because he yeah. was injured badly in the battle. Let's have a moment um, of silence for Thorin. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we're back. Thank you. Thank you for the moment yeah. of silence. Um, and Thorin starts to um, kind of like repent of like his basically his bad attitude mm-hmm. towards Bilbo the whole entire journey. He's just like, yeah, like I'm sorry I was a jerk. Kind of realized I was stupid. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you, I guess. Um, yeah, so he, he just asks for forgiveness from Bilbo, and he kind of, like, tries to make it up before he dies. And then there's also, um, from this little sequence when, uh, Thorin, or Bilbo is visiting Thorin on his deathbed, comes, like, a really, really popular and famous Tolkien quote. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, this is Thorin talking to Bilbo. There is more in you of good than you know, child of the kindly West. Some courage and some wisdom blended in measure. If more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. So that's, that's yeah, that's a really popular. Thank you, Tolkien. Yeah. That's and really it's popular for good reason. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Bilbo also learns that uh, Feely and Keeley, which are Thorin's nephews, um, also died. And they, were they died defending Thorin. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the dwarves had survived. And uh, so Gandalf kind of describes the end of the battle for Bilbo. The eagles came in because they'd been they they were watching the goblins march towards Erebor, and they the, they were like, well, we should probably go check out what that is. Yeah. Um, didn't say like they smelled it. I feel like I remember uh, yeah, saying they yeah, smelled I think it. They did, yeah. Um, and so they came in just in the nick of time, as yes. they always do, to turn the tide of the battle. Um, but then also there was a sudden appearance by Bjorn, the oh, skin changer. Wow. Uh, he comes in uh, in the shape of a bear. Like he's transformed already. And uh, he's just killing goblins left and right, smacking them with his paws, yeah. sending them flying. Um, and then I think he he's the one actually who kills Bolg. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he lifts Thorin up out of the battlefield because Thorin was injured, and then he brings him to the camp. So if it weren't, if it weren't for Bjorn um, and the eagles, uh, it probably would have been hopeless. Once again, the dwarves are saved by somebody Someone who comes else. in yeah. <laughs> to save the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thorne, I guess Thorne wasn't totally saved because he ended up dying from his wounds. Yeah. But yeah so, um, um, but 
but then there uh, there came a time when Gandalf uh, was like, "Hey, Bilbo, we should probably uh, get you back back to the Shire because uh, you've been in enough danger already." Yeah. So he kind of um, they get ready to leave, and the dwarves obviously all stay at Erebor and Dane Iron uh, Dane B Ironfoot <laughs> Dane Ironfoot. Um, he becomes king under the mountain in Good instead of Thorin, um, and I think they're cousins anyways. So yeah, he's basically of the line of Doran. Mm-hmm. Um, so he becomes king of Erebor, and Dale is reestablished. Um, or at least I mean it's not rebuilt yet, but at least uh, Bard reestablishes it and decides that that's that's where they're gonna rebuild their uh little town. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then, uh, Bilbo, Gandalf, and Bjorn all uh head north over Mirkwood instead of going through Mirkwood again mm-hmm. and they they depart from the elves of Mirkwood and say thank you and uh Bilbo has some treasure from Erebor because he's like well I guess I won't leave without all of it because he's not going to take 13th of a share of the whole treasury of Erebor because that's yeah. a lot <laughs> but um so he ends up taking like a few things he takes two chests right two chests full yeah and then um he gives Thranduil a like a like a pearl necklace or something like that mm-hmm. and Thranduil's like oh what what's this for and Bilbo's like well I thought it's like a good repay like a repayment for all the hospitality you gave me and then yeah. he kind of explains and then Thranduil's like wow thank you <laughs> thank yeah. you kindly Hobbit <laughs> that probably um, that pearl necklace probably like is way more expensive than the amount of s- or the monetary value of the stuff he took yeah <laughs> he took like some food and water i guess rent too for staying there yeah rent you nights, know but still yeah but anyways um so they depart from the elves and then they go north over mirkwood um because i mean it used to be a dangerous road going over Ner- mirkwood nirkwood <laughs> nirkwood <laughs> <laughs> but um now that like the goblin army was destroyed and bulg was killed and the eagles are watching over um it was kind of uh safer to go that way instead of through um mirkwood um so yeah he they go over there and then He's still with Gandalf and Bjorn, and then they end up stopping at uh, Bjorn's uh, place. What what would it be called? I don't know. Home, cottage. Yeah, cottage, abode, cabin, abode, yeah. something like that. Um, and they're they stop there at midwinter, and it ends up being like, well, Gandalf was like, oh, we'll just stay for Yule, which is basically Christmas. Yeah. So they have we have an old ep- whole episode on yeah, the holidays. Yeah. Listen to it. So we have um. So they stay there for Yule, and a bunch of, like, people come over from, like, the surrounding, like, forests and mountains and stuff. Basically, people who are all part of uh, Bjorn's folk um, who end up becoming skin changers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they celebrate Yule, but it's just kind of mentioned in passing. I'm really going into detail on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they depart again. Bjorn obviously stays behind. And um, they go over um, the pass where they came from like the very past that they came from when they were being oh, yeah. chased by the goblins and everything. Um, so I have a quote from that as well. Hit um, us with it. Okay, I will. Uh, so here, let me, let me get a deep breath. Okay. At last they came up the long road and reached the very pass where the goblins had captured them before. But they came to that high point at morning, and looking backward they saw a white sun shining over the outstretched lands. There behind lay Mirkwood blue in the distance and darkly green at the near edge even in the spring there far away was the lonely mountain on the edge of eyesight on its highest peak snow yet unmelted was gleaming pale so comes snow after fire and even dragons have their ending said bilbo and he turned his back on his adventure 
The Turkish part was getting very tired, and the Baggins was daily getting stronger. I wish now only to be in my own armchair, he said. So that's kind of the end of that chapter. He's like, uh, actually, I'm pretty sure that's the very last paragraph of that chapter. Classic, <laughs> so, yeah. classic Hobbit talk. Yeah, so he's ready to get back to his own house. Um, so now the last chapter is the last stage. Oh, wait, there was something. Do you remember in the uh, um, Elvish song that is sung when Gandalf and Bilbo go first get back to Rivendell? Yeah, it's like the very beginning of this yeah, chapter. I just highlighted part of it because I thought it was... Because it go also goes along with the quote, that famous one you read about, if more people value... I, that's not verbatim, but if more people valued food right, and yeah. good food and drink or whatever. Oh, yeah. How about this? Um, so Bilbo and um, Gandalf arrive in Rivendell May 1st, and then... And then I... Elves are singing a song. Elves are singing a song, but this is part of the song. It says, stars are far, far brighter than gems without... Okay, let me restart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> stars are far... Sorry. Well, it's in the books. It's written as like a song, but when I highlighted it, it put it as just like a paragraph. So it's hard to figure oh. out the tempo. But so stars are far, far. <laughs> I can't even say that. Okay. Stars are far brighter than gems without measure. The moon is far whiter than silver in treasure. The fire is more shining on hearth in the gloaming than gold won by mining. I thought that it had a similar connotation, yeah. but also it's just because. Tolkien loved nature. I like nature. I know you like nature. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of people like nature. Just to go that, you know, nature's better than money. Nature's better than material things. Yeah, I would like say so. Like stars, yeah. better than gold. Yeah. You know, on, honestly, I'd rather have like a, like a very, like, not a very big house, just like kind of an old farmhouse out in the country than mm -hmm. have like a big mansion in the city or something. I'd, yeah. I'd rather have one tree than one dollar. Yeah, that, I mean that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> okay. So uh yeah, so they're in uh Rivendell and they're welcomed by the elves who sing them a song. Um it's like a, another rendition of the tra la la lally, mm -hmm. welcome to the valley or whatever. They only know one song. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Um and then Gandalf uh speaks of their adventures to uh Elrond and all who would listen. And Bilbo was also there listening and he was kind of throwing a few things in there, but then he ended up uh falling asleep cuz he was so tired. Um, and when he woke back up, um, well, f first of all, I'll, I'll kind of mention a few things because he learned that he learned, uh, well, Gandalf was telling Elrond all that happened with Bilbo and the dwarves, but then he was also telling Elrond where Gan, like where he was in Markwood. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he was telling, um, I mean, Elrond was part of the white council and he, so he was telling them that they went, uh, to the South of Markwood and drove out the necromancer who had his domain there the necromancer um and so that kind Sauron. of that kind of yeah <laughs> that kind of helped uh clean the the forest of murkwood um yeah so bilbo falls asleep and when he wakes up he finds himself still in rivendell thankfully and uh he heard a bunch of elves singing by a stream and um and it's like midnight and so he's like kind of talking with the elves and he's like oh what like what time of the what time of night is it to be singing and then they're like, your snoring could wake a <laughs> stone troll or something like that. Well, the elves, yeah. you know, they seem nice, but they can kind they of jerks. They can really slice you. Yeah, but then he he said, uh, a little sleep does a great cure in the house of Elrond, and then he falls back asleep. It's yeah. just an excuse. Yeah, so he's he's feeling a little bit better now, though. 
Um, but then, uh, so he's swiftly revived in Rivendell because it's a place of rest and uh, restoration. Um, but after a while, uh, he had to say goodbye to Elrond and the elves, um, and he left with Gandalf for the Shire. And so they they went across the paths that they took to get to Rivendell earlier. Um, they passed by the spot where they encountered the trolls, and then he ended up digging up the the treasure chest that he found with the trolls. Yeah. Um, or in the trolls' cave, and then so he kind of took that with him as well. Um, so now he's a little more richer. <laughs> and uh, then finally, they come back to the Shire. Um, or like to the very edge of the Shire and Bilbo starts singing his uh, famous song that he makes up called mm-hmm. The Road Goes Ever On. Um, and so I'll, I'll I'm not going to sing it. Oh, you're going to sing it, Grant. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. I mean, I might give it a little bit of like a rhythm and rhyme, but um, let me get a sip of water real quick. I don't know how I'll do Everybody it. Everybody get ready. Grant's going to read off or sing off the passage. Roads go ever, ever on, over rock and under tree, by caves where never sun is shone, by streams that never find the sea, over snow by winter sown, and through the merry flowers of June, over grass and over stone, and under mountains in the moon. Roads go ever, ever on, under cloud and under star, yet feet that wandering have gone, turn at last to home afar. Eyes that fire and sword have seen, and horror in the halls of stone, Look at last on meadows green and trees and hills they long have known. Yeah, and that was great, Grant. It was just a. It wasn't really much of a song, but it was like. It oh, was there he goes clapping um, himself again. And then again. Gandalf <laughs> responded, uh, "My dear Bilbo," he said, "something is the matter with you. You are not the Hobbit that you were." And yeah. so, he's he's, he's changed. changed. Whoa, <laughs> jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Bilbo is definitely uh, visibly. Well, visibly changed because he's had like a whole journey. He's probably jacked now. He's jacked. <laughs> his l- he's got calves he's of got steel. Huge legs. <laughs> um, but then also as a character, he is changed. Yes. Um, and so he gets back to his house and he finds it uh full of strangers just oh no. kind of taking stuff out of his house and there's an auction going on and he goes, <gasps> "What's happening? <laughs> That's What's like happening? Exact words. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, What's popping? <laughs> What's popping? <laughs> Um, and so he kind of, he found at the very center of the commotion, um, the Sackville Bagginses, who are his cousins, um, and that he, he found out that he also had been presumed dead because he was gone for so long. And so everyone was auctioning off his stuff because Bagend was a infamous hobbit hole Mm -hmm. in Hobbiton. Everyone wanted it, especially the Sackville Bagginses. Um, and then, but he ended up, uh, convincing people or at least paying some people off like, like buying back his stuff mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah paying you know. people off yeah pretty much that's yeah. what it was and he finally convinces some people like well I th- i'm this is actually me bilbo you know i returned and then gandalf yeah. was also there but he ends up saying goodbye to gandalf and he keeps his uh magic ring and he hides his treasure um and he only used his magic ring when unwanted visitors came knocking so I wish I had a magic ring for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. When that would be nice. Amazon yeah. delivery Amazon. <laughs> yeah. comes up to the door and they knock on the door and I put on my magic ring and yeah. I actually I actually what I would do is I would go outside and I would take the box from him <laughs> or her or whatever. Yeah. And I would take the box from them 
like as they were walking up to the door and they'd be like what the heck and they just see the box floating into the house yeah and that's what i would use it for yeah i don't really have any other other any people other than friends and family that come other than amazon yeah. delivery people but i guess bilbo had unwanted visitors well he lived so. in town though like oh yeah town. yeah you know it was r- the rough sort of people. and he, he was he had the f- um, he was in a famous house you know yeah yeah uh so um and then the the story of the hobbit a novel by J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> In a diary by Bilbo Banks. Yeah. It it ends with um like a small little um kind of uh what epilogue? Yeah, right? yeah. Epilogue. Um where it's kind of like years later, um, after Bilbo has been writing his memoirs of what happened and uh uh Gandalf and Balin end up knocking on his door and mm-hmm. from them he learned that Dale had indeed been rebuilt by Bard and that he became king. And then Lake Town also was prospering, so now there's like two major cities of the those uh, the Northmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then Bilbo was uh, glad to hear it, and he noticed that uh, Balin's uh, his beard was longer, and his uh, his coat of mail was a lot like richer and more mm-hmm. extravagant. And um, Gandalf also said to Bilbo because he was very happy. You are a very fine person, Mr. Baggins, and I am very fond of you. But you are only quite a little fellow in a wide world after all. And that's kind of Aren't we all just little fellows in a wide world? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And that's uh that's pretty much uh that's where it ends. Yep. Um and that's that's the Hobbit right there. Congratulations on reading the Hobbit if you read it all. Yeah. I know Good I did job. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I skipped one chapter. <laughs> yeah, I skipped one. But I've read it before, so um, hey, you know. Yeah, so we didn't have much to talk on lore-wise with mm-hmm. these chapters because we've, we've covered most of it with the other ones. Um, but I do want to mention something because I talked about the Sackville Baggins' yes. family a little bit, and they yeah. come in they come in and out of the stories, like even in The Lord of the Rings, they're mm-hmm. uh, in the story a little bit um, at the beginning and the end. So I'll just kind of go over a little history and um, – motivation and whatnot um i just i'm i'm out of breath right now hey, it's okay Grant. <sighs> it's probably because i just had pizza i'm yeah. like i don't know all right it's out of breath yeah it's out of breath <laughs> so the sackville bagginses were a relatively new branch of the baggins family in the shire and the way they began was from camellia sackville who was the daughter of the head of the wealthy sackville family mm-hmm. um and she married Longo Baggins, who was the son of Mungo Baggins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These are funny names. Longo Mungo. Um, and so Mungo was actually the grandfather of Bilbo, and therefore Longo um, was the uncle of Bilbo, and by marriage, uh, Camellia Sackville was the, un- uh, the aunt of oh, Bilbo. Yeah. Um, so Camellia Sackville and Longo Baggins had one son named Otho um, before her father died. Um, and as was custom in the Sackville family, and other younger Hobbit families, the wealth and inheritance of the head of the household passed on to his daughter's eldest son when he had no elder son to give it to. So since, I guess, the head of the Sackville family didn't have an elder son to give his inheritance to, he gave it to his daughter Camellia's eldest son, which was Otho. Yes. And so Otho um, came into possession of great wealth and the headship of the Sackville family, and he combined his mother's name with his father's name, creating the Sackville Baggins family. Um, so they're relatively new because it's like they only started like, like uh, around Bilbo's time. 
So yeah. it's not like they've been around for a while. So but the, the Sackvilles and the Baggins have, have been, been around. around. Yeah. But the Sackville Baggins have not been around no. a while. Um, so Otho Sackville Baggins married Lobelia Bracegirdle of a little town call, called Hardbottle, which is kind of in the northwest of the Shire. Mm-hmm. Um, and they only had one child, and his name was Lotho, kind of after his father, Otho. You see the resemblance? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's like you naming your son Bant or Lant, just changing the first letter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so the Sackville Bagginses have always been jealous of the Baggins family and their wealth, despite being wealthy themselves. And mostly that's because they desired the famed bag end of Hobbiton because it was such a nice uh, smile as uh, S-M-I-A-L, mm-hmm. as the Hobbits would call it, which is basically just a hole to live in. Um so Otho and Lobelia were then become hopeful when Bilbo disappeared on his adventure with Gandalf, uh, which was very unhobbit-like for yes. hobbits in general. Um, but their hopes were soon dashed when Bilbo returned unlooked for after like a whole year. Yeah. So, and that sucks for them. Oh well. Um, but then we also meet the Sackville Bagginses in the Lord of the Rings novels, where they continue trying to claim Bag End and kind of like the head of the Baggins family because. Um, <coughs> Bilbo is actually the head of the Baggins family mm-hmm. uh, by direct descent. Um, and so they, when Frodo is kind of taken in by Bilbo, and Frodo, I think, is his like, second cousin once removed, Bilbo's. Yeah. Um, when Frodo is proclaimed Bilbo's heir, the Sackville Bagginses try to refuse the claim under the basis that Otho is the descendant of Mungo Baggins, who was the head of the Baggins family uh, in his time. Um, and so I, yeah, I just mentioned Bilbo is the rightful head of Baggins family in his time. Mm-hmm. Whereas Frodo was the descendant of Largo Baggins, which was Mungo's younger brother. So it was like, they're related. He is a Baggins, but he wasn't like direct descent from the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's um, okay. but Bilbo had, uh, all the details, uh, legally worked out in the inheritance and will of Bagend um, when he left. And so Frodo legally became the head of the Baggins family, which made the Sackville Bagginses very angry and jealous of Frodo. Yes. But Frodo, as we know, got caught up in something greater than a property dispute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so he ended up leaving to go to Buckland. What was the house uh, that he bought? What was it called? Crick Hollow? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he ended up moving there, and he... Um, to pretty much everyone's surprise, he sold the home and the inheritance to Lobelia and her son Lotho. But Otho, the father, had died years previous, so he never got yeah. to see it, but Lobelia and her son Lotho finally got to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the name Sackville and uh, Baggins, uh, Sack and Bag obviously have very many similarities. You know, they both have to do with a sack. Things that something <laughs> that carries things. Yeah, something you can put something in. Um, and Bag End was used in England as kind of a replacement for the French word cul-de-sac, um, which meant a dead-end road. Oh. And Tolkien particularly disliked the Norman, which was French Norse people in northern France. He disliked the Norman conquest of England. Um, I don't know why. I just That's what I read, mm-hmm. <laughs> that he didn't like it. Um, and based on the way the Sackvilles uh, were unliked in the story, they re- represented a more Norman-based England, and the name Sackville was actually more Norman in its roots than Wait, so, was. So I live on a cul-de-sac. Do you think 
Tolkien would be upset with me. With the word, maybe, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> but not with me. I mean, I was born into it. I didn't choose to live on the cul-de-sac. You could, techni- cul-de-sac you could, techni- you could technically oh. say you live at the end of a bag end. I live or you end. live at the bag end. I, yeah. Wow, dude. <laughs> this is crazy, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my life has changed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's what I had to say about the Sackville Baggins. It's just like kind of a little family history, and um, yeah. Thanks for saying that, Grant. You're welcome. Yeah. You know what we're gonna do next? What? An ad. So see you guys after the ad. Okay. See you guys. Okay. Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Welcome back everybody from the ad. Um, and the summaries, and now we're going to get into the fun part. Ooh. I mean, that part was fun, but this is more fun because we're going to do trivia and current events. Yeah. But this is a little bit different <coughs> trivia. Yeah. So a few months ago, I went to a bookstore, and they had like this whole Hobbit or Lord of the Rings Tolkien section, and they had a Hobbit Hobbit trivia Hobbit Hobbit, <laughs> Hobbit. Uh, uh, Hobbit trivia questions um, sheet. So I grabbed it for this day. Wow. And now this day has finally come. That's crazy. So we're calling this segment uh, Quiz a Tolkien Expert. Okay. Hobbit edition. So it's only Jay's only going to be quizzing me. Yes. Um, since he has the paper and he can easily see yes. all the answers. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we can tr- we can score because there's points. I'll pull. I'm going oh, to. Okay. We'll see your score. We'll uh, try to score you. Okay. Um, let me just set this up. Hopefully not reading some of the chapters doesn't affect me <laughs> in a yeah. negative way. <laughs> Hopefully I can remember most of it. I mean, having to read most of the chapters and then go over them like every other Monday, and then I also listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of lightning outside. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I think it's supposed to hail. Yeah. What the hail? <laughs> um, so hopefully doing all this podcasting has helped me memorize some of the yeah. things. Okay, so we're going to start out easy with... Oh, what if you get? Oh, oh yeah. This is kind of spooky. Ooh. Hopefully the hail doesn't come and like ruin the sound. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my screen darkened for a second, <laughs> but it was just because it had been on for a long time. I thought it was the the power was going out. Yeah. I'm like, wait, that doesn't affect my laptop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, we'll start out. There's five questions in each section. Each section, there's four sections. So the first section okay. is Bilbo's exam, which is easy. Ooh. And it's one point per question. Okay. Bjorn has the ability to shape shift into what kind of animal? Bear. Bear. That's one Beeps. point. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Wait, let me score this back. Okay. Um, what is the name of the forest that Bilbo and the dwarves enter? Mirkwood. Yes. Good job. Grant. Dang, man. I'm so Dude. good at it. <laughs> what is the name of the creature that Bilbo encounters in the goblin caves? Gollum. Yes. Okay. What is the name of the dragon that Bilbo and the dwarves encounter in the lair? Smaug. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I can see why it's yeah. easy, but yeah. How many how many armies fight in the war at the end of the Hobbit? Five, five, six if you count. Yeah, the I was just gonna say, but the answer is five. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was you got five points on that. Yes. I'm so now we're gonna this. move to Thorin's test, Ooh. which is moderate. Okay. Three points per Ooh, question. Okay. What is the color of Bilbo's front door? 
Green. Yes. Good job, Green. <laughs> Thank you. I almost said same. <laughs> I, was, I <laughs> thought you said same. I was like, what? Saku. <laughs> How many dwarves accompanied Bobo and Gandalf on the adventure? Thirteen. Yes. Wow. Um, how much of the dragon's gold hoard was Bilbo promised in return for his services as a burglar? Uh, a fourteenth. Yes. Share. Yeah. What is the name of the home where Elrond and his elves live? Are you like Rivendell or the last homely house? It's Rivendell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good job. What are the two youngest dwarves' names? Feely and Keely. Yes. Good job. You got five, or you got all five of those yeah. correct. That's fifteen points yes. right there. Woo. Okay, now we move on to Gandalf's quest. This is difficult. Oof, oof. Five points per question. Wait, what's the last one then? Smaug's Revenge. Oh, okay. Okay, so Gandalf's quest. What is the name of the treasure Bilbo steals from Smaug's lair that is heirloom of belonging to Thorin? Oh, that one's easy. Arkenstone, yeah. yeah. That was easy peasy, dude. Easy peasy. Okay. In the riddle game, Bilbo asks Gollum this riddle. A box without hinges, a key, or lid, yet gold and treasure, golden treasure inside is hid. What's the answer? A box without hinges. I'll read it again. Oh, okay, okay. A box without hinges, key, or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. Oh, shoot. <laughs> this is one of the riddles he asks Gollum. Yeah. Um, hmm. Dang. I don't remember this one. <laughs> When you started reading off a riddle, I'm like, oh, okay, hopefully <laughs> I remember them. Yeah. And I remember most of them, but I don't remember this one. A box without hinges, key or lid, yet gold inside is still is hid or something like that. Golden treasure inside is hid. You do you What about you can skip it and then try again at the end? Or do you want to just guess? Uh, yeah, just skip it for a sec and until the end of this section. Okay. How many trolls... Oh, wait. Oh, how many trolls capture Bilbo and the dwarves, and what are their names? Three. Bert, Tom, and Will. Yes. Or Bill. Or Bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the advice that Gandalf gives the party before they enter Mirkwood? Stay on the path. Yes. It's don't leave the path, but yeah. I'll count stay on the path. Uh, yeah, same. Same idea. Yeah. Same uh, what is the riddle Bilbo uses to stump Gollum in its entirety? What have I got in my pockets? Yes. That was good. Great. So now do I have to answer the other riddle? Yes. Okay. A box without hinges, key or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. Um, I think I'm going to be wrong, um, but I'm just going to say a book. No, it's an egg. An egg, yes. That's okay, though. The that's your first one yes, you got wrong. Okay, yeah. Okay. I remember that one now. Now for Smoke's Revenge. Ooh, dang. These are very difficult in 10 points each, so... You ready? Yeah. Who is the first dwarf to come to Bilbo's door at the beginning of The Hobbit? Uh, Balin. Nope. No, Dwalin? Yep, Dwalin. Dang. I'll give you half a point because oh. you got it right at the end there. So five points off that yeah. one. Okay. Oh, this one's pretty easy. What is the first line of The Hobbit? In a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit. Yes, good job. Um... What is the name of the chieftain who leads the orcs into the great battle at the end of The Hobbit? At the end of The Hobbit. Bolg. Yeah, good job. Okay. okay. Oh, this one you've already asked me. Name all the dwarves who accompany Gandalf and Bilbo on their adventure. Oh, okay. So there's Feely and Keely, mm -hmm. Dwalin and Balin, mm -hmm. um, Bomber, Biffer, and Bofur. Bomber, Biffer, Bofur. Thorin. Thorin. Um, Dory, Ori, Nori. Dory, Ori, Nori. Uh, Owen and Glowin. Owen and Glowin. I think that's all. Okay. 
Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, job. I couldn't remember any. Yeah. Okay, this is the last one. What is the meaning of the rune that Gandalf inscribes on Bilbo's door at the beginning of The Hobbit? I think technically it's a G in rune, but it meant like uh, um, like, uh, like burglar for hire or something like that. Meet here. I don't know. You're close. Dang. I'll give you half a point for that. Okay. It means burglar wants a good job, plenty of excitement, and reasonable reward. Yeah. Okay. That's I'll fair. give you half a point yeah. for that because then that evens out that. Okay. So let's count this up. That makes sense. Yeah. You only got one wrong. Or I guess you got two half points. So yeah. So that's uh ten, twenty, thirty, four. I was on the right track for the like the two half points that I got. But. Yep. And then there's five, ten, fifteen, twenty. So that's sixty. Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 60 plus 20 is 80. You got 80 points, Grant. Out of? You got? Probably 100, right? No, there's, um. You got, you got 80 points out of, there should be 82, I think. Or no. No, because you got one wrong and you got two half points. Yeah. So those two half points equaled to 10 overall. Mm -hmm. But I got. 25, so that's 50 plus 25, 75, 3, 6, 9, 10, oh, that's 15, 75 is 15 is 100, 105 points. That doesn't add up. 75 plus 15 is 90. 90, okay, yeah, <laughs> 95 points. Okay, so I got 80 out of 95? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, it's Sweet. those It's those two at the end, that those two 10-pointers you didn't get there. Yeah. Okay, well, Let's you did see. good, you did really good. Thanks, man. Let's see. Let's see what score Grant got percentage score 84 percent. that's a b that's a b yep that's pretty good mm-hmm maybe take it yeah good job grant thanks that was your tolkien expert answering hobbit questions yeah <laughs> to celebrate the end of the hobbit yeah um now we're gonna move into um a lot of people's favorite segment we don't really get feedback but i think <laughs> it's my it's my favorite <laughs> no, I, I haven't heard anyone say this except for you yeah i mean i don't even know it's my favorite segment i just like talking about the books but i mean sometimes there's good stuff but yeah. uh this is middle earth current events yeah welcome to middle earth current events this is current events on this earth pertaining to Middle Earth. Yeah. Um, do you want to start, Grant? You want me to go? Um, I can go, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, recently... Uh, very recently. Yeah, very, very recently, a new video game was announced. Uh, by, I think Epic Games is launching it. Yeah. Epic. Um, but it's called The Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. Um, and so, I do know... Um, there is a, a guy named Corey Olson who's called the Tolkien Professor yes. on Twitter, and he's um, he's directly uh, working with uh, Epic Games, and so oh, he's cool. con he's consulting with the lore and stuff, because this game, The Return to Moria, follows uh, dwarves of Durin's folk going back to Moria after the War of the Ring, and so mm -hmm. this takes place in the Fourth Age. So there's oh. not really much to go on in the Fourth Age as far as story. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, Corey Olson is just kind of helping like like the vision of Tolkien basically like this is yeah. probably what would happen or something like that. Does it say like what source materials they have or are they strictly just going off of what could the speculation of the fourth age? Cause well, they have I to, mean, they have to have rights to something to use the name Moria and probably the name of 
certain dwarves. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really know yet. I'm about to read through it. So oh, okay, I you mean, haven't read it yet? I haven't read the oh. article. <laughs> I all I did was link an article, but I saw a trailer for it. This is Grant's live reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an article on uh, CNET dot com. Uh, been there, seen it. Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Lord of the Rings fans will be able to explore Middle-Earth's Dwarven Mines next spring, so spring of 2023, spring. when survival crafting game Return to Moria launches on PC via the Epic Game Store. So it's only on PC. Mm-hmm. This original adventure sees... Oh my gosh, this pop-up. This original adventure sees you and your buddies leading a company of dwarves tasked with reclaiming the lost spoils of the creepy dark mines, mm-hmm. as revealed in the first trailer during Summer Game Fest's Epic Games Summer Showcase on Friday. So there's actually, yeah, there's a trailer that you can watch on the article. Is the trailer, is it like a cinematic trailer or does it have gameplay in it? Um, it has gameplay in it, yeah. Is it like a turn-based? Is it like a strategy game or is it like first person? I, it's, or what like a, it? it's like a strategy survival crafting game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so the reveal by indie developer Free Range Games comes as fans gear up for the blockbuster Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings prequel series, The Rings of Power, in September. And as EA works on free mobile collectible RPG games, Heroes of Middle-Earth, you might remember Moria as the location seen in trilogy opener Fellowship of the Ring, where Gandalf battled the fiery Balrog. Um, in Return to Moria, your customizable dwarf character is summoned to the Misty Mountains by Gimli. You can go solo or team up with eight other players online to explore a procedurally generated Moria, which means your environment change it will change every time you play. <laughs> I don't like the wording on this. <laughs> You'll battle plenty of yucky orcs <laughs> in your journey, <laughs> but will have to conserve resources, hunt and gather for food, and manage your sleep, temperature, and noise levels on your journey. Oh, that's cool. Um and it says here on a picture underneath an orc. It says orcs will impede your progress as you journey through Moria. And they'll and they'll be yucky. And they'll be <laughs> yucky. Um, the game also features a base building mechanic that plays into the narrative of restoring Moria to its former glory. You reveal and clear new locations to create architecture on a grand scale. The developer noted, you recover dwarven landmarks as the story progresses and resurrect old mines to yield more resources that let you let you upgrade your weapons and armor. However, enemies can wreck it all and destroy your progress. You'll undoubtedly encounter some hardcore beasts as you venture deeper into Middle-Earth's depths. Free Range Games doesn't currently have any word about Return to Moria coming to any other platforms. But yes, yeah, there it is. That's exciting. I, I might play it. I don't know, though. I'll probably not play it. I want to play it. <laughs> I want to play it, but I don't have a PC to play it on. So Yeah. Um, hey, oh, and then I guess here's another article i'm not gonna read it (laughs) but this is just at the bottom of it the lord of the rings rings of power show well the first episode title has been revealed that's part of my okay you go do it then settle down grant getting way ahead of yourself okay well that's exciting though that game Uh, there's a lot of (laughs) new lord of the rings stuff coming out i guess i guess uh based on the what the trailer um people are saying it's a lot like the game valheim I've never played it before. I've heard of it. I've never heard but of it. But if anyone has played it before, I guess that's what Return of the Moria is going to be like. It's like a crafting game yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Well, uh, like Grant hinted at, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> Ring, the, the Rings of Power's first episode title has been revealed, which is Shadow of the Past. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, seems fitting from what we know. It's like, it's, I mean, it's the pilot episode, so it's going to be introducing the characters and the story. 
Yeah, prologue. Um, yeah, but we also got something cool. We got five new characters introduced. Oh yeah. Um, the first one we knew he was gonna he was gonna be in the show Celebrimbor. Um, and uh, a picture of him was released. Some people are are upset about his hairstyle and his age. Yeah. But you know, I'm just tired of being upset about. I mean, I never really was like super upset, but I'm. I'm not really following it as much. I'm just waiting till the show comes out. Yeah, so, much. you know, um, he's a good-looking guy, so <laughs> I'm happy about that. Um, but we do get four of the Hobbit's names, um, yeah. and I'll read those off right now. And I'm going to rip into them, too, by the way. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Sadok Burroughs is the first one. That one I won't rip into. Cause yeah, that one's normal. Because I was I was just gonna I'm gonna give a little background on it because this is the only one that has a background to it, or at least yeah. a surname. So the Burrows were distant, distantly related to the Baggins family. Uh, Peony Baggins, a second cousin of Bilbo, and first cousin of Frodo, uh, married Milo Baggins or Milo Burrows. Yeah. Um, you can see that in the Appendix C, um, of uh, Lord of the Rings. It's the uh, um, Baggins of Hobbiton family tree. Um, yeah, you can see Bilbo's, um, what would it be? It'd be Bilbo's great aunt, uh, had, a. is it a son or it's a son, Polo. I think Polo. Yeah. Then Polo had two kids and Posco married Gilly Brownlock. And then Posco and Gilly had Peony who married M- Milo Burroughs. And then from there they had Mosco, Moro, Myrtle, and Minto, which were all Burroughs. And then also uh, in the Brandy Buck of Buckland, uh, there's a Rufus Burroughs. Um, and so this is the only one that has an actual surname from Tolkien. Um, so um, there's actually more to it. The auctioneers that are auctioning off Bag End at the end of the Hobbit are Messrs. Grub, Grub, and Burroughs. Burroughs yeah. is Burroughs, which is one of the, which is like the plural for burrow. Yeah, and then also Falco Burroughs um, was one of Frodo's lawyers in the Return of the Shadow, which was an early version of the lo- the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, so um, he wasn't included in the Fellowship of the Ring, but it was just an earlier version of it. Um, so that's that's all there is about the Burroughs um, within uh, Tolkien's lore. Yeah. Then the next one is Largo Brandyfoot, and then there's Marigold Brandyfoot. And um, you may be thinking, no, the Brandyfoots are in there. No, there's the Brandywine and the Harfoots. Those yeah. are two different families. They just mix, uh, or Harfeet. So the Brandy, the, the Brandy feats are two of the hobbits in the show? Yeah, Largo and Marigold. Yeah, so here's the thing. Here it is. Um, so the hobbits during the Second Age... There's literally nothing known about them, so everything about the hobbits, the uh, the creators of the show are making up. Mm-hmm. There's like no source material for it, um, in the Second Age at least. So the hobbits only come into the history of the elves and men of Eriador, um, in the Third Age, and it's like mid Third Age actually. And um, and what is it? The the Brandy Bucks, right? They only get their name, the Brandy Bucks, because they were called the Old Bucks at one time, and they mm-hmm. only called themselves the Brandy Bucks because they moved across the Brandywine River. 
I'm what I'm confused about is how do hobbits that have never been to the Shire, <laughs> especially in the Second Age, which when it was inhabited by elves and men, yeah, um, how do the hobbits have the name Brandyfoot when they've never even been to the Brandywine River? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, so that's yeah. one thing. I don't like that. Grant doesn't like it. And then the next name I hate even more. Oh, yeah, you want me to do that? Which is, I guess, like one of the main Hobbit characters. Yes, Poppy Proudfellow, which is... Not that one, no. But you keep talking. Oh, that's the next one. That Those are the only four that we... There was one we already knew. Oh, yeah, Nori. Yeah, yeah. we already knew... the. Poppy Proudfellow was the last of the ones that are new. We already yeah. knew that Nori. Okay, yeah. But Pop- yeah, do, say your thing about Nori. So Nori, uh, I think it's her full name is Eleanor Nori something. I can't remember what I'll her look last it name is. Yeah, go go ahead, look it up. <laughs> um, or does it not say Eleanor Brandyfoot? Oh, yeah. she's another Brandyfoot. So she's another Brandyfoot. So yeah. I'll I'll kill her too. Um, so Eleanor Nori is her nickname. Because, you know, Eleanor, Nori. Eleanor. Um, anyways, first of all, Nori. Um, we know that the Harfoots were somewhat close to the dwarves. So it mm-hmm. is possible that they could take the name Nori as a, um, you know, like a nickname. But Nori is typically a m- male dwarves name. So I don't know why they're nicknaming a female hobbit Nori. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense, but that that is plausible at least because they did have contact with dwarves, or at least were friendly with dwarves. Yeah. Um, but the word Eleanor, um, that one, <laughs> that one takes the cake for me <laughs> because Eleanor is a flower of Lothlorien, mm-hmm. and it's an Elvish name, Eleanor. Like, like the hobbits, like only ever came into the history of the elves, like the elves in general, mm-hmm. in the late Third Age. Rather yeah. than in the second age at any time, yeah. So they would have never, like, they've never met elves before. They've because if they did meet elves, then the elves would obviously be intrigued at what these little hobbits are, and they would indeed enter into the history of the elves in the second age. But they never met the elves in the second age, so they would have never found out the flower Eleanor in Lothorian, and they would have never named a child Eleanor yeah. after the flower. And I think, um, Sam. Wise Gamgee, <laughs> I was taking Thanks. I was taking a breath after <laughs> ranting. Samwise Gamgee, he named he was the first to name a child in Hobbiton or in the Shire Eleanor, which mm-hmm. is his daughter. Um, sets so the first record of the name Eleanor being used as a Hobbit name. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is yeah, there's no way that there's Hobbits in the Second Age being named Eleanor without have without having met elves. Yeah, and if they did meet elves, then they would obviously be in the, um, in kind of like the the annals of the elves, and the elves would know about them before the third age. Yeah, but that didn't happen. It's it's know? not recorded yeah. in the similar so, That's interesting. That's what I don't like because that's something like that's even in the appendices too. That's mentioned in the appendices that the hobbits don't show up until like the third age. Yeah, so I feel like if they're using the, the appendices as source material they should at least stick to it you know yeah but um and it's like like i get they want to use hobbits just kind of as a familiar like thing you know mm-hmm. like oh like it's oh it's like hobbits draws people draws like non-fans in basically mm-hmm. like they recognize the name hobbits and they're like oh okay there's something familiar um so i can see why why they would want to use that but just as long as the hobbits don't play a major role in the series i think it'll be okay mm-hmm. if they end up playing a major role then that kind of undermines the fact that the hobbits are 
um, seen as like useless and generally peaceful people because if they're always ending up being the heroes of whatever age they're in then they're not unlikely heroes you know yeah and it kind of undermines the whole lord of the rings and hobbit plot so yeah i mean the big thing about the hobbit was that or the whole story of the ring was that it fell into uh or they were unexpected hands because nobody thought that a hobbit would get it yeah but that's interesting because i would have never thought of that i guess most people wouldn't have thought with the brandy foot and then the eleanor yeah, well, they're not tricking me. <laughs> I yeah. hate it. I'm glad you're here, Grant, yeah. to set me straight. Honestly, <laughs> like, the whole, like, Galadriel thing and the whole, like, whatever, whatever is kind of, like, controversial. Now, the thing that sets me off the most is Hobbits in mm-hmm. this series. I hate it already. I mm-hmm. don't like it. I don't want to see them at all. And if they are going to be in there, they better not interact with anybody else. Are you going to close your eyes when they come on screen? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I, from what I understand and from what I've read, it's not they're not a main storyline. It's okay. like a side. Yeah. It's like what you said, just to get people to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the last one is Poppy Proudfellow, which is also there's Proudfoot, um, but there's no Proudfellow. Yeah. So that's okay. That one's fine. <laughs> yeah. But Poppy Proudfellow is the hobbit you see at the start of the trailer looking up at um whatever it's called or whatever you know the young girl looking hobbit yeah um people thought eleanor brandyfoot that was eleanor brandyfoot but um the actress who is in the trailer there pl- is uh credited as playing poppy proud fellow oh okay gotcha. so yeah so that's the uh that's all i have and grant you having more ranting to do or are you done <laughs> uh it just depends um cause I, there is a lot of new stuff that came out the uh empire magazine came out with uh, a lot of new pictures a lot of new pictures and like interviews with the uh whatever they're called showmakers yeah you can look at the pictures i thought it'd be too hard to explain all the pictures over yeah an audio format we did get a really good look at um gilgalad who's the high elven king or the yes. high king of the high elves um so that and he looks very accurate to even what he was portrayed as in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, which uh, is which is interesting. It's like cool, but like, why would they just have one that looks accurate compared? Because yeah, elves like, don't really change. Yeah, feature or like how Elrond and Galadriel look. Well, Galadriel doesn't look too different actually, but yeah. Elrond like his hair. Like if yeah. they gave, because the actor I've heard um, is a really big Lord of the Rings fan. Mm -hmm. And so he's, like, really excited to play Elrond. So that's good to hear, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, he at least wants to do it justice. But I feel like, yeah, elves are unchanging. And even though Elrond is considered younger by elf standards, even though he's, like, probably, like, a few thousand years old by this point, Mm -hmm. he would still have long hair. Yeah. but Even Even though it's never really stated by Tolkien that they have long hair, in the movies it does show that they have long hair. I feel like it would make sense just keep it long, you know. Yeah. But the one thing... One reason maybe why they had, they could have Gilgalad look very similar to the actor, but the other ones don't. Um, I do know that they aren't allowed to use, like, there's the likeness of the movie characters are copyrighted for, like, merchandise and stuff. You can't use right. the likeness. So I don't think they technically technically could have had an exact copy of Elrond's character. Yeah. Yeah. So that's different. And Gilgalad isn't, like, a major character. They wouldn't have merch for Gilgalad, so that's probably why they could have... Yeah. Someone looking. That but makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. mean, in the end, it's a TV show. Yeah. I they mean, I guess none of this is real life, but. <laughs> yeah. They better. They. Be- I love Gilgalad so much. He Like, he has a lot of history at the very end of the Silmarillion in the first age. 
Um, and he also has a very famous spear that he uses in battle called Iglos, which means snow point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that comes into play a little bit too. Yeah, but guess we'll have to see. Yeah, but yeah, now we're done with the Hobbit. We're gonna be yeah, we're done with the Hobbit. Uh, the next episode after this one will be episode twenty-five. Whoa! Wow. Um, so we'll probably do something special, special, special for that. I don't we'll know. talk. We'll talk. <laughs> but this time we're gonna be talking about lore in lore. general instead lore. of uh, reading through a book. So lore of the rings. You guys get to take a well-deserved break from reading. Yes, <laughs> and just listen. So yes, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's it for now. So yeah. here's your well-deserved goodbye kiss. That was nice.